eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. It's Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go! Welcome to Seattle Overload, where the Seahawks have moved to 2-2. Two and two. They are 500, and hopefully will soon be above 500. But for now, we can be thankful that they do not have a losing record, because they've beat the Detroit Lions 48-45. to 45. Now, that second number, the 45, is slightly troubling, especially as we're fans of football defenses if you've been listening to the podcast for more than like one episode you'll realize we do have a preference for the defense however however you know we do also have a preference for Geno Smith and the fact that the Seahawks offense put up 555 total yards went 9 of 12 on third down and was pretty much flawless like I I there's like two plays I can think of where it's like but that's really nitpicking when you know you think about football it's played on that third down. It's played on, you know, all four downs at times, but going 9 or 12 on third down, superb stuff. And just sprinkling the ball around in the point guard style that Pete Carroll likes, not run heavy, but sprinkling, giving everyone a bit of love is uh, is so impressive. And talking about love, Griffin, Gino, I mean, we've got to pump the brakes a bit because it's Detroit, but this is four games now. Uh, okay, the 49ers game is a bit weird, but that was really good, right? Yeah, well, we can, yeah, it was the Lions, but we can put it in perspective because he has, that's the best game a quarterback's put up against the Lions in four games. They've had bad defense all year, but this was still the best. So, like, we can compare apples to apples there. Um, he, he absolutely, I mean, he nearly dominated. I mean, it was, it was just sort of a domination. He wasn't perfect, but he was still still freaky good um and and also this is he played well in the broncos game 49ers game as you said but this is two games in a row where um i mean like their points per drive is absurd like if 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 you're if they're not facing nick bosa like <laughs> this offense can you know move the ball at will almost and the and, play calling was weird in that game right the play calling was where that came, yeah. Um, and they're finally figuring it out in the red zone too, which is huge. Um, it's it's the it's Gino playing at a high level, like his the optimized version of himself, combined with being surrounded by a lot of talent on offense, like a lot of talent. And the execution has some variance to it because the guys are young, right up front especially. But Damian Lewis is making that year three jump. Maybe the jump he would have made last year if he could just have stayed healthy because he played really well the last six weeks of the season. But, you know, every game is like Cross and Lucas make another jump. Austin Blythe is a formidable NFL center. You know, he had a rough game the last couple series last week, but I thought other than that, he was fine. I mean, he had had a shoulder injury. Um, 
Gabe Jackson, I'm curious to see how he plays because he has not been playing well this year. But keep Geno protected. He will execute the play. They've got receivers and like their tight ends are like a great group. You know, not not a single one of them is a game breaker, but they all have they all bring something unique. And Shane Waldron's using them to great effect. I thought Shane called a really good game. The run blocking was awesome. Rashad Penny is, you know, I mean, he's a great back. He's a good back right now. So, uh, yeah, that was, that's, that was pretty cool. What Ty, are your guys' general Ty, are you Ty, are you disappointed that Geno Smith only completed, uh, hold on, 76.66% of his passes rather than the usual 80%? Are you upset yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah, it's not 80, so he's a scrub. He's obviously regressing. Mm-hmm. He has um, work to do. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's got to get back and uh, you know watch some film, uh, grind some film tonight, you know, um, and uh, you know try to get better uh, this week. You know, got to go one and zero. So uh, no, okay, yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, I'll ask you guys this in a, in a second, but like I, I feel like this is the most efficient we've seen the Seahawks offense in a really long time, just in terms of a whole game. And yeah, it's the Lions, but I mean, they were moving the ball at will pretty much all afternoon long there wasn't really um you know a long stretch at any point where they stalled uh where it just seemed like they weren't they weren't able to get anything going like this was just a complete effort by this unit it was awesome uh and once they started to get the run game going i mean those two third down runs the ones that they they scored on the ones that they hit the home runs on i mean just everything was working for them at, at, at that point you know it's uh it's really exciting, you know. Uh, again, obviously, it's the Lions, but it's still, it's now a full month of seeing them, you know, at least do this at points in time of every single game that they played. Even during the 49ers game, there were little glimpses here and there of, of some, you know, success. So it's, I, I think this is actually sustainable potentially. You know, obviously not 48 points, but I think like Gino doing what he's doing, if they can get the run game going a little bit better, I think they can be very efficient as an offense for the rest of this year yeah i love your i love your point ty about getting the run game going and and sort of you know there will be regression right but what basically what happens in the nfl is especially like the second half of the season that's when the real football gets played and teams know each other's tendencies and then it just becomes really weird and sort of like hyper like tendency based like to a level that the play calling is odd and 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 teams just know so much about each other that it's weird but what was encouraging this week uh, for Seattle was the the two big penny run plays, both of which you know Gino I think checked into the second one. He definitely checked into the first one, the third and sixteen, which Penny housed. Where uh, on uh, before the, that play, it looked like they were in a like man to man press deal, and then but they were showing pressure, and then after the weird whistle incident, which, I mean, every player thought there was a whistle, so there clearly was. It was just quite loud in there. Yeah. After that, they were showing cover zero, so he checks into that run. But the, the point is, like, the Lions had tendencies, which Seattle knew, and Seattle hadn't really been running the ball, right, in the first few games, right? Especially on third down, they'd been like, largely, any time it was, like, third and four plus, they'd pass the football. Well, on the, in this game, there was two big incidents where, they they went and checked into a run play against a favorable look and they got it done on uh i think the the first play was inside zone the second play was uh, guard tackle uh, pulling or yeah. like guard tackle wrap so again versatile run concepts really exciting stuff if i just rattle off some stats penny 17 carries for 151 yards two rushing touchdowns 8.9 yards per carry Geno Smith, seven carries for 49 rushing yards. Kenneth Walker, eight carries for 29 rushing yards. And D.S. Gridge, one carry for six yards. Receiving, D.K. Metcalf, seven receptions for 149 yards. Tyler, which was really nice because he got some press looks, right? Um, Tyler Lockett, six catches for 91 yards. Will Disley, four catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. Colby Parkinson, two catches for 28 yards. D.S. Gridge, one catch for 10 yards. And then a few others. But... There's, again, like I said, spreading the football around. Ty, mm. you mentioned that, that you know that there might be some regression, but I think they have some inbuilt answers already, uh, already you yeah. know there, and they haven't lent on the run game as much as you'd think. Yeah. Well, at all, really, they're a pass-heavy team on 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 neutral down. Still, I, I'd be interested to see how that 
comes about in in this game, but the fact that they're sort of running on passing downs for the big ones is sort of is going to remain similar. And then mm-hmm. Gino's excelling in the true drop back game as well, which okay, some of these like some of their go to concepts will get bottled up as teams realise their tendencies. Like they've gone to the the rub route well a few times on passing third downs, uh, less short third downs where teams might clamp that up. But then I have faith that there's more you can do with Gino. And we've we've said how they've been leaving a bit of meat on the bone. Yeah. Maybe that's and, partly why. And we saw some wrinkles today get introduced and we saw some new stuff like the the use of, of Gino's legs and all that with uh, some of the design quarterback runs and um the the play action boot stuff today that we saw was just yeah. I mean, they they were destroying the Lions with that. I think there was only one of those that they actually got covered up properly. Um yeah. It was so there that, every time. Yeah. So, uh, we, so f- from like broadly speaking for the offense, there are some huge developments. I mean, yeah, Gino continues, no matter like what the game plan is, he continue, continues to execute really well. But there are developments in the game plan that they got DK going deep a little bit. Um, they got Lockett going deep. Um, like the opportunities were finally there. Um, you know, like with Russ, there'd be the five step fade and the seven step go ball, right? Um, with Gino, you're probably working more in the, you know, the 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 shorter fades, like those gun three fades, which is a five step fade technically, but like in that shorter, like twenty to thirty yard range that we talk about. And sure enough, he hit DK. Did he hit two of them to DK this game? Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. and then like they're they're running DK on deep digs on on play action. Like oh man, into like zone I was holes. like into zone holes. And then he hit DK on the bender against spot drop cover two. So um they're they're finding a way to to get dk in there and you know maybe maybe part of that is like then waldron just being like okay i have protection so i'm going to actually scheme it up a little bit now um but so yeah when we talk about how they're primed for regression they may not even be they may not even regress in like process they might just regress because it's other factors that are just will naturally bring it down. But how far you have to fall is the question. Like everybody will regress a little bit. Like Maddie, you're talking about game plans will adapt over the season, but it's exciting though, because also like you guys said, they have built in answers because they started off kind of small and they're continuing to build. So as what they're doing maybe gets bottled up a little bit more, they have so much more that they can tap into to, to, to continue to adapt and evolve it and keep up their efficiency um but like i mean we, we we've on this podcast have discussed our our uh our relationship with the stat completed um completion percentage over expectation i think yeah. it's a really cool stat but it, it can mean different things not always but sometimes regardless of all that he's completing right now gino is completing 13 percent higher percentage point 13 higher percentage points than what is expected of his passes and like the, the expected completion is fairly high, but then the actual completion is just absurd right now. Um, and he's just deadly accurate when his feet are set and he can establish his base. Like the, the all, all the throws to DK up the seam, even even that deep deep post he threw to DK where DK he like just went just past his fingers. That was a pretty good ball considering the situation. Like he uncorked it. So like when he can when he can tap into his full power with his base and get all the torque and everything he's got the arm to do it he's not like you know it's so easy to because we had russ where like russ can throw can uncork a perfect ball 50 yards downfield with his upper half and lower half doing two totally different things right gino everything needs to be on the line but when it is he can uncork it and 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 they got deep multiple ways this year or this game and they were still you know working their play action like you mentioned ty and they were the drop back game was still like just finding the open hole in the zone you know delivering accurate balls in the intermediate against man coverage so when they did get a little bit of man coverage so um and then the run game was working so when all these things are working that means they can live in different aspects of their live in different aspects of their offense as the game plan requires moving forward and that's why i'm not really worried about you know, defense is adjusting to them because they will adjust to the adjustment Yeah, because they have and, the ability and, and scheme and talent. And this is the first time in Seahawks history. We, we can talk individual plays, right? But we, we have the tape podcast for that. And there were so many good individual plays, right? That 
it's quite hard to focus on one. There wasn't necessarily a key point in the game because the offense kept going and going and going. And so this was the first time in Seahawks history that they hadn't punted in a football game. The Seahawks offense, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, missed field goal, which was very odd. I need to rewatch that. I, 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 there had to have been a weird snap. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I saw it on the replay. So it was kind of a high snap, and Dixon didn't get a great grip on it. It was kind of slipping out of his hand as he was bringing it to the ground, and he didn't turn the ball all the way around. He didn't get the laces fully out. The laces were kind of to the sideline. So there we yeah. go. Great special teams analysis time. Um, missed field goal, that, that one, and then touchdown, field goal, touchdown. And then the end of the game where they, they ran the clock out. So absolutely incredible stuff. And Pete Carroll afterwards goes, Gino played spectacular football, spectacular football. I, I don't know how you play much better than that. And I mean, we, we agree. Like it, it was pretty much flawless. And I think there was this mix of, you know, last week, there was all this talk about pushing the ball downfield a bit more. I think, you know, watching this offense in the early weeks, it was a bit like, this is great, but how sustainable is this? Because they can't push the ball down the field or they're not doing. Um, it wasn't that they couldn't, they just weren't. And then Pete Howell goes, oh, we're going to we're gonna start doing it a bit more. And then it's like, oh, well then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's see it. And then we kind of didn't see it because, we, well, Rome isn't built in a day, right? You can't suddenly do that overnight. And I think this is like suddenly them really unfurling the offense and they they can hit any area of the field basically and all of these weapons and we're, we've said we've been bullish on both sides of the ball which you know we'll get to the defense but we've been bullish on the talent right on this team and how at its you know like a not even a best case scenario but like a like medium case scenario this offense has a lot of talent uh now we were Geno Smith optimist, Griff, but I think he's probably playing. Sl- well, this is what he looks like. It, uh, what we said would be is like you know, if everything came together around him, he's I playing at his hundredth is- percentile. Yeah, well, yeah, no, he is. But he, he's playing like, um, you know, we said if, if you airdropped the way that Geno was playing in preseason, if you airdropped him, and really how he played in the regular season last year, if you airdropped him into the seventeen eighteen Rams. Like what happens because they had absurd talent, right? Um, like I think straight up he's better than Jared Goff, irrespective of supporting cast and everything, just in a vacuum. So theoretically, and given that they're styled similarly enough, if he's better than Jared Goff and you put him on that team and you can run the same offense, he'll just execute it better. Th- that can only mean then that right now the Seahawks talent is a lot better than well, I think I think even even the most ardent um pessimist is the right word. The skeptics would still say, okay, there's plenty of talent. Like Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas are talented, but that doesn't make a good offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're just they're, they're they're playing up to their talent level, or or they're getting there with each passing week. So um, that can only mean that you know either Geno Smith is Peyton Manning, or or it's it's uh, a scheme that's figuring itself out. Great, you know, great receivers and offensive line that is growing and Gino's just operating at a really high level. He is playing. I mean, he's legitimately playing like an MVP candidate right now. Um, ah, yes. Yeah. Let's have that discussion. Time. But we, we need more games though, obviously. Well, but yeah. Well, but he, so far, if this is like, uh, if we see this, okay, let's use the classic pocket quarterback. If we see this from Tom Brady over the first four weeks, everyone's saying Brady's an MVP candidate. Right. Now, obviously Brady has a history and a resume which right. you know he's earned that yeah it's a, it's it's a bad comparison but 
Gino is a Gino is a um is he should be an MVP candidate right now. Now it could all yeah. go wrong, but sure. So like on, on top of the actual play, you know, how we talk about reading out the defense, being accurate, right, all that stuff. He he's so good pre-snap. Yeah. He's so good at setting the protection. Like the the free rushers, and they blitzed a lot. The free rushers were nearly absent. Or if they weren't, he threw high. He knew where the free rushers were coming, right? Because um, the Lions will blitz. And then further, like, he's so good at audibling teams in his offense into the right look, taking advantage of bad of of um, bad looks. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the number one guy that we think of when it comes to audibling his team into the perfect look and manipulating and spending a lot of time pre-snap at the line is Peyton Manning. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like he took a, uh, you know, a, he got a PhD in quarterbacking sitting on the bench behind Eli Manning and Philip Rivers and, and, and sitting behind Russ. And it's like, okay, all this theory, I still am the talented QB that I am, what talent I do have. And now he's putting it all together. And like, this is his dissertation. Um, and it was loud in Detroit, right? Like he was, was he really was getting, loud. It was, was really getting, loud. He was getting everything done. There was no, no delay of games, like impressive stuff. Yeah, I think that that's one of the that's definitely one of the things that I've been most impressed with uh, with him over the last four games is just the way that he's just he's constantly on it at the line of scrimmage. He's just always on, and that's the thing that that's kind of been absent at times with Russ. Right? Is just he doesn't seem always on. Uh, he doesn't seem like he always has full command of what's going on. So, you know, Gino, it just doesn't really seem like he has those issues right now. Uh, just going back to the MVP thing. Real quick. Again, it's four weeks. And obviously Lamar is like the guy right now. Well, well, you know, his his resume is um or not his resume, his uh portfolio. I don't know. I, I there's mm. a better word for this. But the way that game ended, it's wild. And um the fact he threw a pick, you know, that's that's your damn pick. Gino, I sure. didn't throw a pick today. It's true, it's true, it's true. But uh, you know, I got a I got a stat here from from Stat Muse. Oh, quarterbacks, me up. quarterbacks this year with at least a 75% completion rate, 1,000 yards, five touchdowns this season, Geno Smith, and nobody else. Yeah, well, I mean, no one's going to have a completion percentage over 70%. But, but he's also, and he's also got the sexy stats on top of that. So, he like, does. efficient and sexy, making efficiency sexy, like a, a German car advert, perhaps. He um, so his West Virginia coach. I, there, there's a quote out there, but he said like in college, Gino like 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 the work week, even though it's college, so calling it work week is kind of dystopian. But like the 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 week that a team puts out, like in practice, everything, mm-hmm. he's like Gino is a quarterback's quarterback. Like the guy's a mensch, like a quarterback, like like all the little things, right? I feel like we're and when we know that the Jets were a horrible situation to be drafted into and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, independently of that, he didn't play great. But like, there is a world where if he gets drafted to the right team, like this was inevitable because he just has well, too much working for him. What's beautiful know. about this as well, Griff, is he has openly admitted that it, earlier in the Jets stuff, so regardless of how that was a bad situation, he said about how he was always trying to make like the perfect play and like push the ball downfield a bit too much. And I think with the maturity and like his experience, like make perhaps some bad experiences, he's actually learned along with like actually, like you can tell he, I feel like some players, like either they don't need to care about football. Yeah. I mean, and everyone knows football because they're playing in the NFL, but like some quarterbacks are so athletically gifted that they can get by on that a bit um and and until it doesn't work right uh yeah they know plays and stuff like that but like gino is so obvious that he understands like everything like to a coaching right. kind of stuff but he will make one heck of a coach after this if, if right. he wants to do that well schematically at least you you can't tell with um uh, communication and man management and all that stuff sure. but like Based the on like theory. his football theory, football knowledge, it's just up there. And I, I, we haven't even talked about his stat line: twenty-three um, of thirty completed for three hundred twenty passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown on that quarterback draw. I mean, that's just it's just yeah. really good. Uh, it's so exciting that, and and again, we've mentioned it, but this stylistic contrast between what we had 
at the quarterback position the last um what well since 2012 with with russell and now with gino we've got this guy who's a real pocket dude and he just moves around the pocket sometimes stands in the pocket a bit too uh static sometimes it's too too stationary yeah but but that was that was it's just it's just really fun to see and we've got digs back in the offense uh and yeah, yeah. I, I hope it can make long may yeah. it continue. It's just, it's so nice to see, like, all right, you know, they get like a holding call. I think they had like a holding call, like second quarter or something like that. And they ended up getting like a second 16 or something. But they're just, they're so, like, they're, they're so capable of being able to just get that yardage back in chunks, like, and set them up for third and manageable. Like, it's just like you can almost bank it every time at this point. And that's so, like, just kind of having that reliability. It's so nice because it's just like, all right, even if like things kind of get out of whack here on this drive, like it's not over. Like we're not like this. We're not just going to stall out automatically. Like we have the pieces in place here where we can, you know, get that back all, you know, and we don't need to do it all in one big chunk. Like we don't need to just hit a home run every single play. Like we can just kind of methodically like move the ball down, not get too ahead, ahead of ourselves. Like that's just, it's so nice to see the offense be able to operate in that kind of fashion. And with that efficiency, and of course, you know, not every game is going to go like this, but we've seen that little be- bits and pieces here over the, you know, the last three games as well. That it's just like, again, that's why I say, like, I feel like some of this, at least some of this is sustainable for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The, the and- process is too good because if his process is, I'll go where the read takes me, that's going to apply no matter how the defense how defenses adjust how they play and game plan right like the fact that he's got all this yardage dispersed evenly to his three tight ends like it doesn't matter which tight end it is he's he's going there because the scheme allows for it and you know like on both sides of it both sides of the ball so that principle will, will continue to project forward so um yeah so DK Metcalf said about Geno Smith after the game, I think he's been on fire all year, which, I mean, yeah, you gas up your teammate, but we, again, have seen similar stuff to DK. Uh, how about DK getting carted off? And we've all found out via Mike Dugar tweeting, DK Metcalf's getting carted off. And we're like, how on earth that happens? Mm. What? What? Oh, you didn't see that. And then it turns out, it was for a bathroom break, which, I mean, I shuddered to think what was going on uh, downstairs. But if he needed a car and he's, like, you know, sat down, perhaps hiding it. But um, DK, after the game, just said that uh, apparently they just bought the car out for him, just chauffeur-driven. So that's nice. Yeah. Must be nice. Yeah. Well, w- I so I first learned when they showed him on the broadcast getting carted off, and I'm like, oh. But then I was like, wait, he's, like, sitting on the side kind of hanging off. Like, you don't usually see Looking guys do Looking a bit sheepish, that. like, yeah. uh, I need a poo. <laughs> yeah right. so so that was that was a really nice uh sigh of relief there when uh when they asked like hey it's uh yeah he just needed really to... nice sigh of relief for dk he... too probably when he uh yeah oh yeah uh, when he was, right when he was okay. dropping demons as uh <laughs> god damn it not toilet humor we're we're above this right i know <laughs> oh no um we'll, uh one last thing on the offense Tyler Lockett is on pace for almost 1,300 yards. Doesn't count entirely because 17 game season now, but he's still he's still on he's still on uh, pace for, or rather, he's averaging the most yards per game of any season of his career. the The yards per target is a little lower. Granted, it's more possession oriented, but is that not what the offense, like the the McVay yeah. offense, is? You know, um, so it's just cool that like Lockett. I mean just ind- independently like Lockett is such a cool receiver because he can be that deep cross deep cross deep post yep you know go ball guy or he can be you know his version of Robert Woods Cooper Cup you know what i mean R- be running a bit all of a the corner interview. stop guy be a bit of a like right. like, like a complete if, if, if he if he hadn't had all those those lower leg injuries imagine how much better he'd be after the catch too cuz like that sudden like start stop start suddenness is gone like cooper cup and robert woods are like insane that way lockett had that when he was younger if he still had that can you imagine although i do wonder right now i do wonder if he 
like would they have had the vision i'm sure they would but like would they, they would he have just been reduced to being like a deep guy you know mm-hmm. anyway uh, at least hope, the I'm last sure you know prior to this year yeah uh, yeah so now, yeah exactly yeah n- now before we get into defense we have a comment here that says from K, uh, KGK that says talk about Overwatch 2 instead of defense so oh, I'll, yeah. defer, I'll defer to Griff what do you think the, the meta in uh, Overwatch 2 is going to be well with only so with only five uh, only five members per team five players per team and I think they're knocking one tank off so mm-hmm. it's going to be the player team comps are going to be really interesting now so I don't know how like what, I'm really curious to see what the metas are. I wonder if I wonder if some some characters are just going to prove to be super like unusable because they can't operate as a solo tank. I don't know. Oh, that'll be really interesting. Like like the the mobility tanks will be really weird because like if you're a, if you're an off tank, what used to be considered as an off tank, but now you're flying solo, then like the rest of the team has to be super mobile, and so it could either be like really awesome or a complete mess. So I'm curious to see. I don't watch a lot of like pro gaming, but I'm really curious to see how the pro circuit handles it. Because like they're just those people are. I mean, this is a compliment. Those people are freaks of like you know economy of movement and everything, and like team efficiency. That's going to be absurd to watch play out. Um, By the way, it... aren't, aren't we getting a Toronto map in this game? We might. That'd yeah, I think cool. we're, I think we're getting Toronto. So cool. Per source. Cool. Uh, is it is it uh, entirely new characters? No, they're just adding some new ones. All mm-hmm. right. Okay. Right. That that's the Overwatch stuff. Uh it'd be nice if we could just talk about that the rest see, of the time. See, Seattle Overwatch <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's let, let's burn through defense. Let's talk the defense <laughs> where the Seahawks defense allowed the oh, hold on, here's the stat. Well, firstly they allowed uh, um, five hundred and twenty yards. <laughs> 520 yards and did, uh, did you see that i i at least put in the pick six there in the, in the graphic like I, yeah, you know that's nice we yeah. can we can, maybe yeah. we can finish without positive they allowed 45 points which was the uh worst total of the peak carol era the the the, the previous time is in 2020 when they allowed 44 points on the road to buffalo the difference with buffalo was they threw three picks on offense and also Buffalo had a healthy unit, whereas the Detroit came into this game with no one. Like Armand Runt, Varsant Brown was out. Um, DJ Chark was out, the backup receiving option. Josh Reynolds didn't play either, did he? And then the receivers kept getting hurt. No, he, he, he did. He did. He had a touchdown. Okay. Oh, right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There you go. And uh, Jam- uh, Jamal Williams had to fill in for DeAndre Swift. They were just missing a whole host of guys, uh, and their receivers still kept getting hurt during the game. This total, 45 points, is the fifth worst defense performance by that metric in the Seahawks franchise history. And honestly, like I don't actually think, other than Tariq Willis pick six, I'm not sure there's a positive that's there's just so many individual mistakes. There's so many back-breaking mistakes that it's yeah. like, I don't know how, I, I don't know what you take away. And it would be nice because you could be like the Falcons game. Hey, let's just throw that game away because there were so many mistakes. It's like, well, mm. we're, we've just, we've just done that again. So you can't really throw it away if it's happening twice in a row. And <laughs> it's so many different so, things. And like some of it's youthful guys, but then some of it's guys just like not understanding the scheme. And it's like, or just not understand, or just completely brain farting, which is more what seems to be going on. I don't know. Yeah. Griff, help me. So yeah, yeah. So it was, it was as bad as it looked, right? Um, it definitely was. I'm as we hold up one bad, one sec, one bad. Um, I'm really curious to get into the tape because I want to know. I want to see if there are themes that connect the bad plays together because then that makes it a lot easier to know. That'd be nice. What what their approach is in improving it. Um, and 
I don't know how much better they can be, but I do think they do get significantly better than this. It's happened two years in a row where this has happened. Um, you know, we're approaching week five, so no time like the next game, right? Um, we don't want this to be week nine where like, and even if that improvement is like they're performing at a league average level, whereas they were performing a better, better than that for long stretches in 2020 and 2021 after they got better, even if they're, even if it's at a league average level, um, that turnaround needs to like happen quick. But like the way I see it, they're, when they're in cover three, Ripple is, so now they're asking less of their linebackers and asking more of their slot defenders. Kobe Bryant, you know, young player, but like he's just getting beat. Like even even on the the forced fumble, awesome play, but he got mm-hmm. beat on the inbreaker. Um, yeah. And uh, Josh Jones was getting beat. He he busted. We we think he busted the touchdown. He was supposed to carry that route. Now that was an assignment error. Um, um, do you disagree? Because well, because it looked uh, like a four man rush to me, not a fire. Uh, Jordan Brooks has taken responsibility for that. Has he? Okay, interesting. Yeah. It still doesn't make sense that Brooks. Why would he collision and zone guess, off, though? It doesn't make sense. I guess it it's twice. because... So this is the early uh, touchdown right after Tyler Lockett fumbled the punt and uh, to Hawkinson, where um, they it was a similar touchdown they gave up to the 49ers in route combination in that they jet motioned to put a fast three into the flat, and then Jones flat the seam flat or the curl flat defender, depending on what the, the call was. But he flared out with that, and then Brooks just got beat on. Well, he didn't. We don't know if he got beat, but he zoned off, and then the the two, like the the inside receiver, Hawkinson wasn't covered by anyone, uh, and Brooks sort of realized late. So it, maybe either it's Jones something... is, Sorry, go ahead. Either Jones is supposed to carry that, or Brooks is, and the way that Jones pushed, you'd think Brooks was, and then I think maybe the Griff. It's because they were in nickel bare front that perhaps the rule is that they just play it like it could have been a bonus fire zone or something like the way they rule that up, where uh, Johnson's just a bonus hook guy. I, I don't know. It but he was going to the flat though. But to the back, you know, like yeah, he's just dropping true, into true, that true, window. True. But um, anyway, that's that's all quite schematic. But yeah, basically, yeah. it's a bad mistake against the same root combination in a similar defense and. What Griff so, says also about the stress that they're placing on these players is like, I'm not sure, like, Kobe's a gamer, right? In I think Pete Carroll called him that as well. But I'm not sure how he can... I don't think he can play... I don't know if he has the athleticism. Like, it sounds nasty, but mm. I don't know if he has the... the like Basically, for him to work, he needs, like, a lot more experience of, like, slot route combination right. slot splits and, and what they mean to, and like to be intelligent and i think he can do that it's just that takes time and it's just going to be a tough process and especially playing these kind of tight coverages where it's like you have to match this dude like down the field it's basically man to man like right. you're going in a lot of trouble like it's going to be really and, difficult and so like when you're in ripples and you're not asking you're asking the the, the the linebackers like landmarks and, and reads and keys and everything to be slightly different. You're kind of losing one of the advantages of zone coverage, which is getting double coverage on certain routes by relating to them. Like you've got two defenders that have leverage on one route, even if they're not man turned with it. Um, so on that note, it's just a, an adjustment period that they all ha- kind of have to learn the P's and Q's of it. Cause even though cover three is cover three, going from soft sky to rip Liz, which is how they used to match play cover three match. Now they're doing it a different way. I, I guess it was a, a bigger adjustment than I thought it would be. Um, well, I don't know. I think you, I think you did say it would be a bit of an adjustment. We just sort of didn't cover it in as much detail. The other thing I don't get Griff is like, why do you not, why have the nickel? And we spoke about this as well. Why have the nickel play outside leverage when they're on the cover two side of the coverage and they're matching a, the slot receiver up because then the like Seattle installed that coverage half quarter quarter or what they could now they used to call Cleo they now call cover eight they installed that to stop the dagger combinations all the stuff that Sean McVay was throwing at them and now they're playing it with outside leverage they're giving up the dagger route like the, the play Kobe got yeah. beat on over the middle like play it with inside leverage he doesn't give that up I don't understand like it's yeah. to it's to it's to I mean, there's reasons for it, but so, to me, it, it's like it's 
you, there's no need to do that. It's, it's unnecessary. So I, without being, I agree, I agree. Without being able to watch the tape where we can kind of provide more, you know, hard conclusions here, I think, I think the, the where we're sitting right now, it only makes sense to look at this holistically. The, the, the scheme change, which the, the changes that the scheme change asks of the players are enough change that they are going to need more reps and experience with one another for so that they're not busting things assignment wise and then further so that they're playing like they're you know again like the p's and q's of their techniques are better then secondly i think we if they do do that if they do figure all that out i think we also need to adjust expectation because because like ryan neal got worked today and i thought he'd be better than josh jones but josh jones also got worked today at, at points so they just don't they don't have the the difference makers in enough spots Tariq Woolen, he had some good plays today, but he also got beat a little bit. Like, he's going to be, I think Tariq Woolen can be good, but like, where they are talented, they're inexperienced, or it's Quandre in, in the secondary. Um, I think it looked like Sidney Jones started to, I think he's winning the starting job now. It looks like they're going to go with him next week based off this game. He got beat a little bit at the end, but I'd like him to break in a little bit more and see if he can recapture what he played last year. Yeah, um, Mike Jackson got picked on, and he also busted. Um, well, it was, it was difficult, but he needed to look deep to short on one big play on the like, was it third and forever? I don't know, but yeah. he he or second and forever maybe, but he he needed to look deep to short, didn't, and allowed a catch in behind on the play. It looked like uh, Barton had messed up, but he was trying to pass him off to a corner who wasn't there, which and he should have been there. Uh, Ty, I felt the defense started like pretty good, and then it just melted down from just so many individual mistakes. Which, <clears throat> like individual mistakes, part of its youthfulness, part of its the scheme change. But really, if they eliminate them, then suddenly it looks better, which is obvious to say. But like Ty, did you did you see the defense starting well and then regressing? Uh, what 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 did you make of it? Well, and I think there's a couple things that skew things a little bit. There was course the locket fumble which i mean that basically gifts them a touchdown there in that situation i mean not necessarily they could have held them to a field goal but you get what sure. i'm saying there they're an unfavorable situation It'd be nice if they hadn't given up a touchdown immediately like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that would have been nice yeah. yeah yeah uh and then the other one uh because i think the lions ended up scoring on this drive as well the the fake punt because that was clearly offensive pass interference like he pushed off extended the left arm like that should have been opi um so if those two things don't happen on special teams, then what does the score look like? What does the final score look like? You know, do they end up giving up like 28 points instead? I mean, that's still not very good, right? but it's a lot better than giving up 45. So, you know, there's a couple things that I, that I look at and I'm like, okay, well, you know, some, some of this was a little bit out of their hands. You know, they did get a couple of third and out uh, three and outs uh, early on. But I'm mostly coping. Here. Yeah, De- yeah. Well, Detroit on third down tie actually went four of ten. Uh, now their yeah. fourth down efficiency was three of three. But like that, you know, I think that backs up your point. The third down being actually below. Oh, and they percent. and they had a, and they had a nice goal line stand there until you know obviously they scored on the fourth down. But like you know that still kind of held up as well. So I mean, there's like little bits and pieces that you can take, and it's like okay, I like that. That was fine. Whatever. Like. But overall, I mean, the, the explosives, the missed tackles, I mean, that one, um, I forget who, who was it, Hawkinson, that had that huge, like, 80-yard gainer oh. or whatever, and Cody Barton this, tried to push him out of bounds. and like I mean, yeah, Co- it, was, Co- it was just a bad effort from Cody. Co- yeah. Cody's yeah. taking pelters on Twitter, but, like, uh, and, and we believe in him a lot more than a lot of fans do, but uh, this was a very bad game for him. It was uh, a bad and, game. And, and, and a theme, a worrying theme, which hopefully is nipped in the bud, but back-to-back weeks where he's kind of overplaying stuff and sort of seeing ghosts rather than just playing his assignment, which, I mean, hopefully he can just get out of it. A lot of the players and the defense, they just need a reset. Like, just play what you see. Don't start, like, trying to play outside of it. It's what happens when you're struggling. You start trying to make plays which aren't there, and you just need to play what your assignment is. Now, one positive was Tariq Willen's pick six, which was amazing. Um... Same kind of over-the-middle route that he just got beat on against Atlanta. I think he lined up a bit tighter in his alignment to Hawkinson, but it also helped that it was a tight end. It also helped Jared Goff through it a bit later. And I say a tight end. 
It might have been Pitts he gave the cap. Oh, no, I think it was London. Anyway, but a slower tight end and Goff threw it slightly late, but unbelievable confidence to undercut that. Uh, Carroll basically predicted that that would happen and it did. And then, mm. wow, N- not only the speed, the makeup speed to undercut it, because he's kind of baiting the route. Like he knows he's out of phase a tiny bit, but he knows what the route is. Yeah. So he undercuts it. That was beautiful. But yeah. then the speed running it back, just nice. That twenty one and, and a half miles per hour on that. Yeah, that and work. and so um, so that play happens, and the Seahawks go up. Um, hold on, they they go up by a bit, right? And you're it was like, a thirty one to fifteen, fourteen. Something yeah, like you're that. you're thinking like we're in. They could have got into a situation where they were three scores up, right? Because they yeah. Myers missed the field goal, and you're like. Well, this is fine. Like, the defense yeah. can play in the the, the one dimensional pass first approach, and, yeah. and we're all we're all good. We're gonna see it be like. I think that's when I. Uh, I think that's when I DM'd you guys, and I was like, "This is a nasty." <laughs> and yeah, like, and it was, yeah, and yeah. and then the uh, pe- people, more individual mistakes. People happened. people don't want to hear this, but there are still signs of life on defense, and I think if ever if if all the players can play up to their talent level with them being like the injuries that they do have, even if that happens, if they're all playing up to their talent level, um, then I still think it's from there, they're on, on the coaching staff to, well, min max on defense a little bit more to put them in calls where they're only like, they're not put in positions where their weaknesses can be revealed. And obviously that's like, should be the goal of any staff. I know that sounds like a big nothing burger, what I just said, but like last year they were able to they were able to have really good defensive performances working from the same rough general schematic umbrella that they're working out of right now they were able to do that last year when they had guys cycling in and out with injured or covid absences like they had great games with DJ Reed not on the field and Jamal Adams not on the field last year so the point being is that like they just need to harness it they need to get there um and I don't, I, again, I don't know if the coaching staff figures out their end of it and the players figure out their end of it and they reach max health. I still don't know what that ceiling is. Tech, I mean, technically speaking, Tariq Woolen being as talented as he is and as talented as I think maybe we think Sidney Jones is, like peak ability, I mean, that's quite the pair on the outside, but like that's total, you know, hypothetical. Um, the, I don't the, know. The linebackers need to... Uh get it together a bit don't they, they um, so th- th- yeah i agree they did it so they did definitely had b- bad plays but some of them unequivocally were not on them no it's definitely- some like on on some of the reactions we we're seeing online like they're getting blamed for things that are literally not their job um now and then with the next like play, the jamal the next- adams t- or the jamal williams touchdown run sure yeah That's i mean like one yeah it's they they were in a, a wide three and i was it like a nascar or it was you had a you know no you had a nose and a wide three and they run they they run a gap scheme to the bubble and like the linebacker alignment like it looks like the call was meant for a third and 20 not a second and seven or whatever it was it it was just not a call they need to be in right there Mm. um well we'll watch the tape and now brooks needed to scrape over further but even if he does that tackles being made at five yards at best yeah. And that's now, a lot of their a lot of their thinking. It is sort of like, you know, five yard tackle, and then that's like, well, that's quite suddenly. If you're not quite there, then that's a touch. You know, that's a really long play. Anyway, we'll we'll get to that. And yeah. I, I on my Substack, I wrote an article about the Falcons' run defense issues, and a lot of the issues I think against Detroit are going to be similar. Also, the Falcons game, we were saying they need to run nickel bare front, and they actually did. So yeah. they are trying to adapt and change. And, and implement uh, ways and really, of dealing with guys. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see how they performed in that because I still think the tape will show that there was more life when they were in that. Um, yeah. But it's there just, I, I wonder how much, pay, I wonder if Pete Carroll is secretly kicking himself because he knows, he knows watching what happened this week and last week, what his stock answer would have been and his staff stock answers would have been and how to go to try to go about fixing it, you know, last year or the year before, like if this situation happened last year, we know what he would think. So, but he's probably committing to letting. Giving them freedom. Yeah. To figure out on their end so that it's, it's their vision so that it can be their thought process. So it's more organic all with, you know, like long-term 
aspirations because you don't want them coaching something that they're not necessarily familiar with. So it's Pete's job as head coach to help go through that journey with them and work through that together. Um, what, what's really cool right now, and I think we're going to wrap up soon, but what's really cool is that the offense is doing well enough. It has the capacity that if you can approach even being an average defense, not in the aggregate for the whole season, but at any given week, start being an average defense that with this offense playoffs playoffs like that it's math it's plus minus how many points are you giving up how many points are you scoring at that point um they're not going to score 48 every week but they they should absolutely they have the 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 quarterback the you know the this i think the staff right now like waldron's figuring it out you know um and the talent to score put up 25 points every week right now like that should be within our yeah, they're going to run into the eventual defense that might just win the day, right, and dominate them. It might happen once or twice, maybe three times. But other than that, like, they should be putting up points. So the, the defense has a golden opportunity to get their act together, be a be a respectable defense, be a defense that isn't a joke, because right now they're a joke. And who knows what this team can do? So, hmm. Well, I think that's a good place to sort of wrap it up. Uh -huh. uh, if you've been watching on YouTube, please do like the video. Please do comment uh, after the video has been up because it just helps us. If you're listening, please do uh, review the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Matty F. Brown, at C. Mike Spin Move, at Dane Gunzels. Uh, there's no vowels. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. G just do yeah, just do Dane G N Z L Z or Z L Z. Thank you. And... <laughs> We appreciate you. Five-star reviews, please. And we'll be back, me and Ty, maybe Griff, on mm -hmm. Wednesday, live, Thursday, not live, with a news recap, a Russell Wilson update, and then tape podcast, Thursday live. Sorry. Oh, wow, I've done this wrong, haven't I? We will be live on Wednesday night with our news roundup, and then live on Thursday night with our tape yeah. review. Yeah, no, I did yeah. it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no self doubt. Now, now, by the way, guys, <clears throat> MVG now, MVG now. Let's get it going. <laughs> I've never MVG. heard that before. MVG now. Uh, I just made it up right on the spot. That's, that's perfect. MVG now. Let's go. So MVG let's get let's let's get that shit trending. Uh, let's ride. Let's, let's fly. Ride. Let's, let's fly. fly. Let's fly. Let's fly.